Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk about our membership program. Uh, we recently broke a pretty big milestone. We have over 100 startups and small businesses on the platform offering up to 50% off all their product and gear. If you're like me and you're always looking for a new uh, backpack or new gear for your addictions, whether it's skiing, snowboarding, camping, surfing, whatever it is related to the outdoors, you can hop onto this membership and peruse all of the brands. We're constantly adding new ones um, to really support all of your outdoor activities. We also have a number of travel companies. So if you're looking to take a trip, whether it's to Machu Picchu, South America, wherever, um, you can save on that as well. We also have a number of food brands, whether you need a new energy bar or you just need to, f- you want to find something uh, that's different and check it out. You can f- save while doing it. Um, you can also apply to become an ambassador for a lot of these brands. There's a ton of perks. So if you are interested in checking this out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members and get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with the founder of GoSun, Patrick Sherwin. Patrick, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having me. Definitely. All right. So for the listener that's never heard of GoSun, how would you best describe your business to them? We make these incredible, efficient solar ovens that you can take anywhere and make a meal uh, pretty much under the sun in a ver- wide variety of conditions. Uh, so it's basically the first time that fuel-free cooking has ever been achievable and, and really practical for mainstream. That's so interesting. So you, you founded this company in 2013, and it's obviously very unique because I'm pretty sure it's the only way to cook <laughs> your food without using some sort of uh, energy source, like unnatural, like not the sun, basically, right? Um, so how did you come up with this idea? Where, where did, the, where did the, the inspiration come from? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time way back in high school uh, interested in learning about solar energy. I discovered the solar space station and then you know, learned all about the mess that human beings are making with respect to, to the environment. And uh, I knew that I wanted to get involved in, in creating a solution. Uh, so I started a solar career back in like 1999 um, and got involved in solar installations in the early 2000s. Um, uh, the the Yosun cooking technology came to me based on removing a solar hot water heater uh, from a rooftop where I re- repurposed the hot water heater uh, for cooking because you know just kind of like an ad hoc invention. Um, and it, it was uh, only good at cooking hot dogs at the time because it was about six feet long and an inch and a half in diameter. And uh, kind of used that, you know, for several years as a muse, uh, had an amazing solar hot dog cooker. And then um, I kind of kept the idea front and center um, as, a, as a hobby and I kept improving on it and knowing that there was a future inside these vacuum tube collectors as, as a cooking technology because I'd done a lot with other solar ovens and hadn't been impressed. Um, so it took, you know, it took years and years of uh, iterations and, uh, you know, design breakthroughs and, and engineering before coming up with the first versions. And, and right at that same time that the first real viable prototypes were available, um, I, I heard about Kickstarter and crowdfunding 
And so it was a good fit to, to get us started. That's so interesting. Okay, so you, you come with this idea, you start developing the prototype, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to take this to Kickstarter. Um, did you did you have uh, did did people receive the the product well when you first uh, launched it? Yeah, I was pretty nervous. I didn't know how the reception would be because I had built about fifty different prototypes and taken them to a number of events and you know received moderate interest. Uh, but uh, the moment we launched on Kickstarter, uh, I had about a thousand people on a um, an email. Uh, database and we pinged them and, and that was pretty much everybody that we knew and uh, we had an amazing response about about ten percent of our first backers were people that I knew on a first name basis and um, we in the first day we we made over thirteen thousand dollars and so I figured okay we're on to something uh, I went ahead and quit everything else that I was doing and, and then my dreams did come true um, we, we did over 200000 on that first Kickstarter in the course of seven weeks, um, receiving uh, backing from about 1,000 individuals all over the world. And with that, you know, GoSun became, became a, a real live business. I get careful what you dream for, I guess, because uh, with that, I, I started my 80-hour work weeks and uh, not a whole lot has changed in the last five years. That's awesome. Okay, so what would you say um, were the features or aspects of the solar uh, stove and grill that you really improved upon that made it such a viable option in cooking? Yeah, the real secret to our technology's success has to do with a vacuum um, between two layers of tough Pyrex glass. Uh, It's sort of like cooking in a thermos. Um, The vacuum provides incredible insulation. So the sunlight that you're bringing in and turning into heat uh, is trapped to the point where uh, you can hold on to 500 plus degrees, even on like the freezing cold of winter snow. Um, You can cook in partially over clouds or overcasted days. You can um, you can hold on to a hot, juicy meal into the night. Um, and, and all of that revolves around vacuum insulation, uh, which is, you know, on an order of magnitude, you know, like it's like it's like five times better than a two by six wall that's insulated with fiberglass. And that's only in a quarter of an inch of vacuum, uh, just having incredible efficiencies of, of holding temperature. And then around the vacuum, we've created a unique arrangement of reflectors and a, a really slick uh, mechanism for getting food in and out. And so we, you know, we package it really nicely as well, which other solar ovens have been plagued with. Uh, of course, the inefficiencies of not being vacuum insulated, but they're, they're bulky. They, they have these large panels of reflectors that, you know, kind of collapse when this, the wind hits them. Or, you know, there's a lot of maintenance or, or, or implementation when you're putting it together. Um, they can be very slow to cook. Uh, a few of them can be unsafe. And so, you know, with respect to existing solar cooking technology, GoSun is a real leapfrog in the space from a technological standpoint. And uh, that's what's given us legs to reach past solar cooking and into the realm of the camp stove, which I think is more, you know, more of the alignment with a lot of your listeners here. So what would you say have been the big developments with the camp stove and how does that work compared to like regular stoves? 
Well, I guess, you know, one of the neater companies to look at would be um, like BioLite. They made a unique development in the in this like uh, wood burning uh, realm. Uh, and then, you know, they threw a thermal electric generator that allows them to power devices like uh, through a USB port. Um, I'm really impressed with the work of Jetboil and the titanium, you know, stuff that allows you to go backpacking super ultra light. Um, but no one's really done anything in, in the realm of electric, uh, which is uh, GoSun's future offering that's going to be available this summer on Kickstarter. Um, and, and it's a portable electric stove that also uses the sun. And electricity is becoming very available and ubiquitous thanks to lithium-ion technology. I mean, you look at these power banks that you can carry around. They're the size of a little lunchbox. I mean, you can you can power your laptop five times, your phone 40 times. You can run a giant speaker system or a projector. Um, and it's all with this tiny little handheld lithium-ion battery. So now we can we can cook food with electricity in remote locations, which is the first time that that's ever been possible. And we're doing that because we have such high efficiencies. The cooker's so well designed with respect to thermodynamics and holding on to heat that you only need a little bit of electricity to get the job done to cook a meal for your crew. That's really interesting. And, and the cook time for, for these grills and stoves are, are very similar to more conventional methods? Yeah, they are. Um, when you're cooking with the sun, um, it, it's often slightly slower than fire. Um, uh, but what's nice about it is that you don't have to f- uh, fester with, you don't have to tr- trouble yourself with stirring the dish or you know tweaking the fire. Um, certainly in the case of a twig fire, like a biolite, there's, there's a lot more maintenance to keep the thing running. Um, and with ghost hunt, you just, you know, cut the food up, you toss it into this stainless steel cooking tray, it goes inside this vacuum insulated tube and you point it in the sun and then you can walk away and go for a hike and you come back 20 minutes, half hour, maybe, you know, if you had a big dish and you're cooking for a lot of people and there's a lot of clouds, maybe it's two hours later, you come back from the hike. And there you have this meal that's cooked and, you know, the chef was out on the hike too. So, you know, you don't have to stand over the fire and, and flip the burgers. You know, you can, you can go about something else and the food's going to stay nice and hot and juicy and, you know, it's going to be ready to eat whenever you are. So is there a way to control the temperature of it or is it, is that sort of dictated by uh, the variables of the environment? We do have temperature control. Um, we have our largest products have um, temperature gauges, uh, kind of like a grill would. Um, the the smaller ones, uh, like the Sport and the Go, um, you're, you're going to want to like open the product to look at the food. Um, the the best indication when the food is done is that you see steam pouring out, and then the best sensor is your nose. Food smells different when it's cooked. So if you, you get close to the stove and you smell dinner, okay, you're good to go. Um, so we find that most of our users, you know, get well adapted to the product after their first couple of uses. So if you find yourself a, a virgin user of GoSun's technology, we encourage you to use the stove two or three times to get familiarized before, you know, you're making up your mind. And, you know, surprisingly reliable cooking capability here. Uh, you know, you really, you really can sort of turn your back on it and be patient and it'll pretty much always cook the meal, even when 
it's overcast and cloudy and you know even and in some cases i've cooked through the rain so it works in when it's when it's cloudy (laughs) yeah yeah it's shocking um when you know like you might get a small sunburn on an overcast day and you know the uv light's still penetrating through the clouds um, I recently, uh, under, I, I turned 40 back in February this year and I decided that I was going to do something unique for, you know, commemorate. And I, I did 40 days of sunshine. So I cooked exclusively on our technology, uh, for 40 days and I didn't eat anything else. Like I didn't, I didn't eat, you know, trail mix or salad or smoothies and I didn't cheat on fruit or anything. So, uh, everything had to be cooked in the sun. And I was a little nervous about it. It's February. So I, I jumped on an airplane to, to New Orleans to start. And I spent some time in Florida for the first couple of weeks. And then I came back to Ohio. And, you know, it's not known for its sun, it's particularly not in February and March. And I was able to, to cook and stay alive. I mean, I lost 10 or 15 pounds, um, you know, 40 days of eating exclusively on the sun. There was some drama. There was a couple of days where there was like runny eggs and, half cooked, <laughs> you know, power bar, but Hey, it worked out. And I'm here to tell the story and, and that's proof to our technology's capability. So. That's really awesome. And did you have any mentors along this journey from when you got started in 2013 to now in 2018? Oh yeah. I've been super fortunate. Uh, the main mentor came to me at a conference, uh, out in the San Francisco Bay. It was uh, a conference called SOCAP, social capital markets. And, um, uh, his name is Gary Starr. He, he, uh, lives out in the Bay area and I couldn't have been luckier attracting him. He, he ended up, um, working with the sun since the, since the mid seventies, he built a solar powered house at UC Davis and, uh, did a bunch of work with solar ovens and other solar heating technology back in the seventies and eighties. Um, and then got into solar electric before anybody else and got into electric vehicles, which is something I've done in the past as well. So we had a lot to share. And um, Gary has uh, kind of this entrepreneurial energy, you know, that he's had from from early on. And, you know, he's he's really guided us uh, heavily to to, you know, he's sort of he's written the book on on startups and the clean technology space. Um, so, you know, he, he's kind of really good at entering new markets and, you know, he's a true pioneer. And so he does a lot to lead this business and to really guide me with respect to our strategy, marketing, product development, uh, but you name it, um, manufacturing, uh, all levels. I, I just couldn't be luckier to have a mentor. And that's honestly been, you know, pretty much the biggest, most important thing that's come to me in this exercise of of GoSun is uh, attracting people like Gary, particularly Gary and a few others that have really offered incredible insights on on both you know professional and personal levels to help to help me grow and and kind of hit really lofty goals and whatnot. Yeah, having someone who can help guide you is so so valuable especially when with such an expertise like that. Um, so obviously a big piece of GoSun is, is the sustainability uh, piece. So I'd love uh, if you could share exactly um, how that's important to GoSun and you personally and how you really incorporate that into GoSun. 
Yeah, when I first, uh, like I was saying earlier, in high school, I mean, you know, the, the environmental stuff became very daunting, and it, it just didn't seem like a bright future. And, and it was uh, my first effort was to save the earth, you know, save the environment. And as I've matured a little, I, you know, I realized um, that you know it's really a human issue, or it's a, it's, a, it's really about working with people, and uh, that it's it, it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, if we can't work with each other and communicate and cooperate, we're not going to be able to also move the needle on the sustainability conversation. And, and a lot of my work now moves more into the humanitarian realm uh, where, you know, there's 40% of the world cooking with wood and charcoal on a daily basis. And Gosan is really adamant in, 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 in supporting these folks and sort of helping them break a cycle of poverty. Because, I mean, when you're gathering firewood and tending to a fire half the day, you know, it's hard to do other things. And, you know, a lot of times, like, children get pulled from school so they can help mom gather wood. And, and so you end up seeing, like, if you can help these people, you're, you're going to help their economic situation. You're going to help their health because it leads to one of the biggest causes of preventable death in the world. Uh, smoke inhalation because they're cooking indoors oftentimes and then you know you're gonna you're gonna really help the environment too because you're you're preventing deforestation you know they're, they're cutting trees desertifying the world and and not really replanting because you know they don't have a whole lot of other options so this is such an epic issue wrapped around cooking uh, and thanks to the global alliance for clean cook stoves you know they're putting a lot of emphasis on, on an approach to properly develop and educate in this market. And, you know, it's a, a lot of it's centered around market development around women. And, and if you empower, you know, a woman from a young age with a solar stove or a cleaner burning, you know, cook stove, uh, that, that she can still make some of, some of mom and grandma's traditional meals on, you're going to, you're going to create such a big impact. And, in, in, you know, uh, allowing for soil production and, and forest fertility, you know, but you name it, uh, and then giving her a chance to, uh, to thrive, to, you know, to get a good education, get a good job, what, what you name it. And so, so that's kind of our biggest uh, overarching goal as a business is, is to really penetrate into merging markets where, um, where people cook with wood and charcoal or, they they may otherwise be able to afford uh, occasionally afford like electricity or propane, but they but they struggle to afford it or it's inconsistent. And we'd like to just say, hey, you know, instead of wood and charcoal, go with solar. And when solar's not necessarily 100% available, you know, we've got this electric solar scenario that's going to get you, you know, get get dinner on the table every day. And um, and the opportunity there is is really really vast uh, in in places that you know are the, the global south you know um, throughout Africa, uh, throughout Latin America, India, China, Asia, you name it. it it's so, so shocking that forty percent of us still cook on wood and charcoal every day. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you live in a developed part of the world. You don't really think about it how so many people are living. Um, yeah. Now, I want to ask you um, about the culture behind GoSun. Now, since 2013, you've obviously grown quite a bit. Uh, you now have nine people on the team, and you're looking to bring on your 10th. What What does uh, a normal day look like for you guys, um, and, and how do you really keep um, a, a positive uh, culture 
and really focused on sustainability and the, the, the overall mission of GoSun? Yeah, we um, we have a great office environment on an urban farm here in Cincinnati. And so, I mean, it's not like we're out farming all day, every day, but we have, uh, we kind of try to practice what we preach. So, you know, we, we do a lot of shared meals. We cook a lot on the sun. Um, our sales manager is a, is a phenomenal chef. So he'll, he'll bring in, uh, you know, recipes to try and, and we might shoot some video while he's doing that. Um, we, uh, we do have a very open kind of transparent, uh, friendly work environment. We work hard. We, we expect a lot from each other, but it's a, it's a, it's sort of a, uh, low context or casual work environment. Um, we have a, we have a, sh- a workshop space that's, uh, just, uh, a hundred feet away from the office. So we we're constantly like the design team is constantly going, down in that direction to to build a prototype that we just sketched out on the wall. Um, we're we're always testing our technology uh, in those in, in this outdoor environment that we're lucky to be a part of. And um, and you know we 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 enjoy uh, each other's company. So uh, even though everyone's pretty different, I mean you got sales guys, engineers, you know customer support. Uh, you, you, you run the gamut from mothers to 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 seventeen year old co ops that work here for the summer. Um, you know we have a we have a wide range, but we we tend to get together at least once a week and kind of break bread together. We'll play some human foosball. We we build a we build a really great little uh, human foosball court. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but that is that is the most fun game you could ever you could ever have. Right <laughs> Sounds there. like a blast. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we just try to bless our customers. Um, we, you know, we really rally hard to make sure we're listening and serving customers, um, and kind of helping support, you know, them and, and the, their engagement with, with GoSun as a brand. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of passionate, hardworking, uh, folks here in Cincinnati that, uh, that really are pushing the needle, um, the innovation and, and, you know, the nimble energies of the business is pretty uncanny. I mean, we can, we can come up with an idea today and 3d print it tomorrow, test and prototype the full lot, uh, by the end of the week, we, you know, we'll, we'll have it on Kickstarter in two months. I mean, it's really like we, we're, we are nonstop coming up with things to power our lives and, and to use more sun. What has been one of the hardest parts about starting and building GoSun? Oh, I'd say I wasn't quite ready for the workload. Um, you know, it's like again, careful what you what you wish for. Uh, I I uh, have struggled to step away from the the daily grind. Um, so you know, I, I guess you know myself being a bit of an idea guy. Uh, I mean, I love doing stuff. Of course, I've, I've I've been a big outdoor recreationist. I'm a I'm a kayaker. I'm a kite surfer. You know, I I snowboard and climb, and I want to be outdoors. I spent most of my 20s outdoors. Um, that they gave me a really well balanced, rich lifestyle. And then you know, at about 35, I launched this company, and all of a sudden, all that stuff had to go away. So like, the snowboard is rusty, and 
and you know the bike the, the the you know the bearings on the bike are broken and i haven't fixed it because you know I, i'm not riding it enough um uh, my, my body's a little you know deteriorated because of that, you know, because I'm putting too much time and energy into the business. And, um, and I, I still fail even after five years to really break free from that. And, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm loving what I'm doing at work and I, I just absolutely love the innovations that we're coming out with, but I have failed to, to create a real good work life balance. And you know, stay outdoors in in the in the fun environments that I that I used to know so well. Yeah, it really is a challenge. Like <laughs> running Ready Eddie and being an outdoor focused company, I find myself a lot of the time stuck in front of my computer. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm just like, my goodness, I started this business because I love being outside. <laughs> Staring right. at my computer screen for 16 hours straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it does. Staring it takes at- time. Yeah. Staring at it when you're outside in a cool place is, is it's not any better. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what, what is your greatest fear and how do you manage it in regards to ghost on? Oh boy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not much on fears, I guess. Um, I don't have a great answer there. I, I certainly, um, I, I certainly question you know, how long I can sustain this this level of work um, physically, mentally, you know, beyond. I, um, I I fear burnout, I guess, and um, to manage that, I I changed my mentality a little bit around it, and I had to do this uh, several years back. Um, at first, it was all just super thrilling and almost adrenaline, you know, for a year or two, and then and then it's kind of like, uh oh, you know, this this is this is a burden, you know, this is a lot of stressful scenarios, and you know, it's kind of my baby here that I that I really want to get, uh, you know, get on its own two feet and feed itself and all, that, but I, I can't quite get it there, you know. So, so I had to switch the mentality from stress and, oh my gosh, this is horrible and a bunch of cortisol and fear to, to like, whoa, this is an opportunity. This whole thing is just a challenge to see what I'm capable of. And, and that, that perception switch is really, um, I think it's one of those things that now the stress that's still there isn't integrating into these horrible long-term realities. It's more of a, of a, uh, it, it can become a little bit more digestible when you just say, "Hey, this is a temporary changing phenomena," and it's really just a test to see if I can handle it. Yeah, I really like the positive spin on it. It makes it a little bit easier to bear the responsibility and just the time and difficulty of the situations. It's it's mind over matter, and you know, I really think that there's a ton of truth to all that. I agree. I agree completely. Like just having that positive outlook on something, and, and honestly, it's. When you get busy enough and stressed enough and the stakes are high enough, it, you're kind of forced <laughs> to evolve into that way of thinking or else you just, you just don't survive. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's just yeah. you don't make it through the, through the trials and tribulations. And, and you know, all the, all the work you did on the mountain or the river, you know, like I was really into whitewater kayaking. And, and it's like that, that was highly stressful, uh, challenging scenarios on every level. 
And, you know, you, you, you have to learn not to panic. You know, you have to learn to break each rapid down into each stroke and each wave, you know, and you, you kind of, you, you just, you just have to be hundred percent present and go with the flow. So that stuff really helped build, you know, the mindset that was required for small business and entrepreneurship. You know, it's, it's, it's very much of a, of a dynamic flowing river. And if you try to, you think about the takeout, you know, because you're a little overwhelmed when you're stuck in the canyon, you know, you're going to you're going to totally exhaust yourself. And you know, you really just have to be present in the canyon. Yeah, no, I agree completely. It's it's a really good way of looking at it. Um, and and it, it's so true. I'm thinking about my own experiences, like with skiing. Um, I've had two season ending injuries, <laughs> and both of them are as a result of me panicking in a situation Mm -hmm. and not acting, you know, like, okay, I'm going through this. I need to break it down step by step. You know, it was because I had like, I let the fear get a bet, get the best of me. And I reacted in the wrong way. And as a result of it, I tore my ACL. (laughs) You know what I I mean? That's what happens, Josh, when you're, when you're 20 feet in the air, jumping off a cliff. Well, I don't know if I was that high, but I was in the (laughs) air (laughs) Uh, to say the least. And and it's true. And like in hindsight, now that I'm a better skier or I guess a wiser skier, I'd like to think, you know what I'm saying? Like when I'm going, when I'm skiing and I am jumping off things, not like huge things because I'm not a pro, but like I do like being in the air, I'm a lot more in control. And I know that I can trust my ability to react the appropriate way. And I like, I acknowledge that the fear is there and I just sort of like put it aside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. Um, and, and that comes with time. You learn that over time. And I think you're right where like your experiences, whether it's in your favorite uh, outdoor activities, whether like for me skiing or you whitewater rafting or kayaking or whatever it is, you, they're so easily trans, um, translatable to, to your business, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, calculating risk and all of it, uh, it's pretty much, you know, it, it's, it, they're, they're hand in hand. And I don't think I would be where I am if I hadn't done all that, you know, challenge, if I hadn't put myself self through all that on the mountain, you know? Yeah, no, I agree completely. I, like, I, people always ask me, like, you're you're reckless on skis. I'm like, no, no, I just, I know <laughs> it's calculated. You know what I'm saying? I know what I can handle. I know what I've been through, and as long as I don't freak out, I'll make the right decision. Unless, of course, you know, there's an unforeseen circumstance that's just outside of my control. Um, but for the most sake, like most most circumstances, you know, you you can handle it. You'd be surprised what you're capable of. <laughs> you know, and it's that's the same right. thing with the business, where it's like, you know people look at you, you specifically, Patrick, I'm probably like, man, you work crazy hours. You go through so much. Like, I don't know how you handle that or how anyone can handle that. And you're like, well, you know, if you care enough and you're, you position it in the appropriate way and you really care about it, you you can do a lot more than you think you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, uh, again, just staying present. I drink lots of water and, uh, and And try to take lots of deep breaths. Exactly. Um, what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made thus far with GoSun? Um, so early on, we we said yes to too many people. Um, so, like for example, come to our event. Uh, you know, we're going to help you sell, or or you know, you get some great exposure here. And it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, and so that that ran me around, ran, ran us ragged. You know, I think for the, like 2014, I was I was traveling like almost half of the year, 
And that didn't help the R&D development. And, and, you know, we it didn't help the bottom line either. I mean, we basically spent, you, know, you spend whatever, two grand to go to a, 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 a conference or an event or a festival or you name it. And that, you know, does it, does it, does that have an ROI? I mean, are you following up with the people that you just networked with? Um, did you have a strategic goal when going to that event? And too often the answer was not good and not well enough. And so, you know, we squandered a little there. Um, uh, we've made a little few failures with respect to the product, um, uh, where we, you know, we, we got ahead of ourselves, for example, um, thinking we could design and build anything. And, uh, in one situation, trying to come up with a really radical solution on how to store energy. Um, and you know, the, the long story short there was I had a, I had a prototype that was working really well. And, you know, I thought, wow, you know, I'm part chemist, I'm part engineer, physicist, I can do this. And I've got consultants that are telling me it's fine. Go ahead. So I launched it with this working prototype that was tested, but not, not a hundred percent tested thoroughly through hundreds and hundreds of cycles. So, you know, as as the campaign's going and and we get through the campaign it's very successful and everyone's pumped and now I'm testing it. I'm going through and by about 50 cycles on something that should last 300 cycles, the, the technology starts turning into a ball of wax to it, to it starts failing. And uh, this, it was like a, it's called a phase change material. It was like a wax that would melt and you know, there's this phase change reality that helps really store a, a heart, a huge content of energy that um, we couldn't pull it off and it wasn't commercially viable. Uh, we were we were too far off the bleeding edge. You know, we were always trying to stay on that edge. But uh, in, in our effort of staying on it, you fall off every once in a while. And if you're, if you're not falling off, then you know, if you're not flying, you're not trying. Uh, so... Uh, so we had to recede and refund all of our customers and tell them, you know, look, we're sorry. We were a little too far ahead of ourselves there. The working prototype was one thing, a commercially viable solution was another. Uh, and that gap was, is too hard to, 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 you know, to get across at this point. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had a few little, uh, uh, little technical glitches. Um, and, and a lot of that relates to like optimism, you know, I mean, I think any entrepreneur is going to have um, an overabundance there. And, you know, that tends to put you ahead of the the, the reality of today. And, uh, and, you know, without that optimism, they, they wouldn't have, you know, developed their business oftentimes. I mean, I really do believe that entrepreneurs have to have a, a really healthy dose of optimism because, you, you know, you get told no, and you can't, and it's not going to work. I mean, and we all, it's too easy to believe that. And, you know, everyone, you know, is pretty much committed to the path or committed to like their patterns. And, you know, human beings aren't really that, they don't change that quickly. We're not really that open, you know, we're, we're actually, you know, pretty, pretty status quo in general. And so, you know, you have to really look for those places where you penetrate through it. And it's, and it's really, um, dangerous because you sometimes you go you go a little too far and offer a little too much so like if you're going to launch a kickstarter uh be really careful to like make sure that the things that you're promising in your rewards categories are things that you can definitely manage to deliver uh it's it's way too easy to to, to create a design or to 
to, to call out a certain feature that, you know, you, you can, you can easily throw into writing, but it's, it's you know, an idea or, or something that you've, you know, that you've designed is far different than something that you've built a thousand units of and that the customer is going to be happy with, you know, three years down the line. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard <laughs> to foresee those things, but once you learn them, you'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> That's right. Now, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, uh, whether it was in the outdoor um, eco-friendly space, really just a, a, a business in general? I basically, um, I, I hear like a ton of people wanting to start businesses these days, and I a ton of respect for that, like especially younger crowd, like the millennials. And, you know, my I, I like to throw a little caution at it. I mean, you know, obviously it's 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 we're in this capitalistic world that you know business is kind of next to godliness and you know the 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 guys that are the the gals that are like the leaders and the ceos and the founders are getting put on these pedestals you know i guess you know the question becomes like what's your real goal here in life and and you know largely like it should be centered around happiness and so you know go for that as like your primary and and certainly put the ego part in check. So like, is this is this something about fame? Is this something like you want to be noticed? Like, I would ask that like ten times over to make sure the answer is no. I mean, this, you know, the answer should be I'm 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 doing this because I want to serve. Um, and then you know, and then be honest with yourself about like what's going to be involved. I mean, you, you say, oh, you're going to build this clothing brand. Okay, great. Like. Uh, like, like you're, oh, you're going to do it while you're in college too. Oh yeah, sure. And, um, uh, so, you know, what do you know about building a brand and, and about, you know, customer support or fulfillment or, you know, where are you going to make them and how are you going to bankroll this? I mean, do you know how much money is going to be cost, cost to build a brand and how much commitment, you know, you know, so there goes that fun period that was supposed to be college where you and your buddies were going on road trips and, you could do things that, that you didn't know the results that, you know, you just, you know, kind of, kind of got a little wild. I mean, you know, let yourself be wild when you're 20. I, I, I just, I don't think business is, is really, I mean, yeah, there's some wildness there, but you can't, you can't, you can't run a brand or build a brand if you're, if you're, you know, if, if you're an adventurer uh, looking to you know, bag a few peaks or, you know, uh, float down some rivers it's just it's just too hard to do it all and and certainly not like a real brand like like what you were talking about when you said you're going to build this t-shirt company or whatever i mean you know it it there's a lot more involved and and you just you got to try to be honest and and stick to your day job unless you're really like torn like if it's just constantly coming up like you have to launch this thing. There's a huge hole in the market that you need to fill. And, you know, you just have this urge to serve and you can't work for anybody else. Yeah, then, yeah, by all means, go for it. And if you're 20, great luck. But for me, I'm, I'm glad I didn't launch it until I was in my 30s. And, you know, I'm glad that I got a lot of my um, adventuring out because I, I would feel really trapped otherwise. Where do you see GoSun going in the next year, five years, ten years down the road? Uh, we're trying to become a household brand. Um, we we're moving into a lot more than just a solar stove. Um, you know, the the solar movement is the future, and uh, you know, I've 
been a part of it for 20 years and I want to, I want to power my entire life and, you know, all of our customers lives with the sun one way or another. Um, we're focused right now on, uh, the, the sort of portable, um, off grid scenarios. Those, those, those come to life, um, at the campsite, but, but they're also, you know, in the RV or the boat. Um, it can even happen in your backyard or your tiny house. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're trying to fuel folks with really appropriate, um, easy to use solar devices, uh, all the way through the, the solar kitchen and into, you know, some other services, the, you know, the lighting, the hot water, um, you know, sort of, uh, a, a full kit and caboodle of, um, powering an austere, uh, location through, you know, it's, 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 it's paces, all the necessities whenever you're stepping away from, from the house. What's the best part about running ghost stove? Ghost on, sorry, ghost stove. Where did that come from? <laughs> oh, it's all good. Uh, you know, the best part is seeing, um, like a product that we've worked on for years come to life. Uh, we're in that cycle right now with a new product launch this summer. And it's something we've been working on for like four years. And there's been like literally like hundreds of prototypes on this product. And, and it's like each one was going to be it, you know, and, and then we've discovered failures and or discovered issues and, you know, then the next one was going to be it. And so it's like, it's so cool to see four years of development on something and then it's starting to hatch. And, and when it finally hatches and hits the consumer's eyes is the part that's the most thrilling for me, like getting feedback from others, you know, particularly people I might know that are kind of my own VIPs, you know, these influencers, whatever, when those folks start to see it and they come back to me saying, Oh, that looks great. Or, Oh man, I, I hate the color. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I like to, I like to, I thrive on is, is, um, how our stuff hits. And, um, you know, with four or I guess three successful Kickstarters, uh, it's, it's become, it's become a, a thread that we look you know, every year. There's like a note, we launch a new product and go on this great ride. So it's, it's really quite thrilling. You know, we, we, it's like a rocket ship ride. I mean, we're just, we're just going, you know, as, as, as fast and, and as upward as possible. I love hearing the excitement in your voice when you talk about it. It's, uh, it's refreshing and, um, you know, exciting just to hear all the things that you have going on with GoSun, all the products you have, you're working on. And um, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and, and share your story and everything you guys are working on at, at GoSun. But for the listener that wants to keep tabs on um, the new Kickstarter that you guys are going to be launching and any new product that you uh, will be working on in the future, where's the best place for them to do that? So our website is GoSun.co. And, uh, you know, sign up to our, our newsletter at the bottom of the page, gosun.co. Uh, we have a pretty active Facebook uh, community, a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash gosun that, uh, that has a lot of unique buzz around how and where and when to use our products. Definitely. And we'll link all that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check that out. And, and with that, Patrick, um, I also want to mention that we're going to be giving away a GoSun uh, sports stove on Red Yeti, along with a ton of other product uh, 
with from other complimentary startups, the themes uh, summer slash beach. So you can head over to readyeddy.com between um, June 5th and July 3rd for your chance to win. And uh, with that, Patrick, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your story. I really loved hearing it. Yeah, thank you, Josh. And uh, I really love what you guys are doing with Ready Yeti. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Yeti Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.